This week on Use Your Words Podcast, now that Aaron can hear stuff, we're going to start with chapters 13 and 14 of Knowing God by J.I. Packer. Not chapters 14 and 15 like I scared Aaron with earlier. So, let's go ahead and get right on into it because 13 and 14, while they are short-ish, I would say, yeah. they have some things in there that are kind of nice. So, We'll go ahead and start with chapter 13, which is entitled The Grace of God, which I'm sure is very appealing to everyone. (laughs) What was that laugh for right there? Yeah. I like how they, the order that they went in with this one. Why was Why is that? Well, I just like how we talk about the grace of God. And then as when we get to 14, it'll be about the, the judge. Yeah. Well, judgment or God being the judge. Uh, and honestly, I think that's a good order to go in. Oh, absolutely. Because here, here's the thing. Too often you have, especially in churches, or especially like in a youth group in that, but let's be honest here. You know, you were, I'm, I'm saying from experience of me talking with other people in their youth groups and that, okay, um, where they talk heavily on the judge aspect of it. And they don't realize they don't talk about the grace aspect of it so much. Oh, for youth group, for youth groups and churches. What? I've seen a, a few churches where they, like, they go heavily on the judgment part, and then like at the end they sprinkle low grace in there. And it's, you should wear. I need to know where these churches are. Why? Why do you want to know where these churches are? What are you going to do? I always thought it was the opposite. <laughs> you definitely do have that as well, where it's so, oh, yeah. <laughs> where it's so heavy grace that then judgment comes in the last little bit like, oh yeah, there's this little thing. There's a balance between it. But I guess in my, in my head, if I don't understand the concept of grace first, the concept of judgment would overwhelm it if I learned about judgment first versus grace that's just a me if that makes sense where i like yeah, I get it. like if i if if it was so hammered into me at first about judgment it would be like so overwhelming about everything that grace would almost seem like an afterthought but but that's also why there's balance and there's balance in the force <laughs> and obviously in a book you can't unless you really want to make a crazy long chapter you can't make both of them talked about at the same time it's you talk about both of them individually individually so i like the order they talked about but anyways that's just me so the grace of god yes uh, which is again chapter 14 of j.i 13 13 i keep saying <laughs> I keep, <laughs> ever since you messed with me you're gonna ruin it for yourself now i know <laughs> uh, so it's chapter 13 of j.i packer's own god now i'll say this as well Remember, we're doing the signature edition because different editions of the book, the chapters are actually in different orders. What? Yeah. Whole chapters? Like the grace chapter might be like the grace of God chapter, maybe like chapter 11 in another edition. Uh, But But they're in the same. They're not necessarily in the same order either. Really? Yeah interesting so when we talk about this book we're talking about the signature edition um, because that is the most recent edition to be published 
of this book. Okay. Hmm. I'll have to check that out because the old man's got some old ones. Yeah, I know. So. All right. So chapter 13, the grace of God. Aaron, was there anything that like really stuck out to you about this uh, chapter in particular before obviously we get to talking about God, the judge? Oh, so before we've gone chapter 14? Yes. I didn't want to say the number in I case say, I, I said just... in case I said number 15 or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know how it goes. Um man, I like how this chapter is about grace. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what else do I say about it? No, um, other than I mean, yeah, I've got some thingies, I guess, throughout it, I suppose. Uh, just right off, right off the bat, I don't, I guess I haven't thought, or I had never thought of it this way where, uh, it says at the bottom, well, near the end of just even the first page where, uh, God's, uh, well, grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. It's like, whoa. Why have I never, I don't think I've ever heard that said like that before. I was like, man, that's pretty, that's pretty wild. Right. It's been a bit of a different picture for me. Yeah. Because the whole concept of grace, you know, especially when you're talking about salvation and that, right. Mm -hmm. Is we are told through biblical narrative that we as humans, we as people, we as sinful flesh beings. Okay. I wasn't sure where you were going to go with the next one. I was like, what else are we? <laughs> okay. Uh, we as that, as that, right? Yeah. We're not deserve it of anything. We're deserve it of death and sin and what? Nothing. Keep going. I know where you are, you are thinking of. <laughs> I, yes, I know you know. But that's not. If it, you know, it, you know. That, that's not in reference to that. Um, no, I know. <laughs> but, you know. Our eternal destiny is that predetermined based on our sin nature that we are born with mm-hmm. to death. Now, we're not talking physical death. Yes, we all physically die. I'm talking spiritual death, eternal death. Uh, if you want to go down the more simplistic methodology of it and talking about it, heaven versus hell. Yes. Okay. I mean, yeah. we're, all, we're all, because of how we're born, Same on that all. path. To, to hell. We're on the highway to hell, brother. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did. Uh, random. I did get asked a question, a would you rather question of, would you rather um, live life on the wild side or be on the highway to hell? And I was just like, how, the wild side. What would you do? Okay. The wild side or highway to hell? Yeah. Which that, one would you take? That's interesting because I would have follow-up questions, but usually in those <laughs> situations, you don't get follow-up questions. You only get true. one or the you other. You, you have to pick one or the other. Now, based on that knowledge and based on the answer, the data it was provided there, the wild side or highway to hell, I would have to choose naturally because I don't want to go to hell, the wild side, <laughs> which is not the highway to hell. But exactly. typically in 
typical talking and typical way people reference things, the wild side is also the highway to hell. So, well, you would be, yeah, in a sense you would be, but I figured if I'm not already on the highway to hell, I got a chance to turn around, right? I don't know. But is the highway to hell one way? Just, (laughs) well, I mean. Is it just a one lane highway or is it a two lane that goes both directions? What? (laughs) What? Highways typically have two sides. (laughs) But, 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 but. No. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm I'm going by the wild side. (laughs) Interesting, uh. Question. interesting yeah. question just all Dude, yeah but anyways going back to the at christ's expense yes uh, because we are you know born out of the gate on that highway to hell essentially if you want to put it in that colloquial term mm-hmm. uh it is all at christ's expense because the only way that we even have the opportunity to not be on that path to get off that train so to speak to change our destiny is because of what Christ went through. And it is all at his expense that we even are offered this gift of grace. So yeah, that's a, that's a good summary of it. That's well, because all after he came, but because yeah, there's still sacrifices in the old Testament where you wouldn't be sent to hell. Right. But he was just the one-all, be-all. Exactly. Yeah. Because back in the Old Testament days, you had to be real careful because you did anything wrong. Guess what? New sacrifice. Of your finest. You, that could get real expensive, real rich, real fast. Real real expensive, rich, yes, real quick. Yeah, real quick. (laughs) What what my brain was trying to say, but my mouth went too fast, was it gets real expensive, real Real fast. You would need to be really rich. Yes. Um, I'd like one of the first sentences of this chapter, though. Oh? It is a truism of Christian scholarship that grace, far from being an impersonal force, think of when i heard that i was thinking oh star wars (laughs) okay far from being an impersonal force a sort a sort of celestial electricity received like a battery charged by plugging into the sacraments is a personal activity god operating in love toward people now when they say sacraments here they're not talking about the sacraments of let's say like the catholic church and that you know because if you're in the Catholic Church tradition, you have to do various sacraments as part of your salvation sort of stuff. Like one of the sacraments oh. is getting baptized. One of them is your first communion. One of them is getting married. You know, they have various sacraments that are... Do you have to get married? That's one of the sacraments of the Catholic Church. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, I know nothing about Catholic. <laughs> Again, remember, a lot of my family, Catholic, Catholic origin, so... It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Huh. Interesting. But, yeah, so we're we're talking right away, you know, at, at the very forefront, we're talking about grace. We're talking about grace. We're talking about grace. We're not <laughs> talking about anything else. We're talking about grace. You know, going back to that one quote, it's just practice. It's practice. We're talking about practice. <laughs> I was surprised. I don't know. At the, well, just after the line of 
the God's riches at Christ's ex- God's riches at Christ's expense. Um, and it says, and yet, despite these facts, there do not seem to be many in our churches who actually believe in grace. I was like, what? Really? Um, and then, well, goes on to the next paragraph to talk about to be sure there have always been some who have found the thought of grace so overwhelmingly wonderful that they could never get over it. But I was like, I don't know. That was just interesting to me. I I guess I didn't know that or realize that was a thing in the church. I guess with it being talked about so often, it seems like I just figured you just believed in it. Yeah, and that's what he's kind of getting at. Is a lot of people will give lip service to this concept yeah, of grace. Say that later. Yeah. yeah, and he talks about like, hey, talk to him about like the heating bill of the church or this or this, yeah. and they, they can talk forever about it, right? About the yeah. intricacies of, you know, how the money from the donations were distributed, blah blah blah. But ask them, you know, how they've been seeing grace work in their life, or how it has been shown in their life, mm-hmm. and he's like, then you basically get like this blankness from them. Right. Like, what are you talking about? What is this grace? Yeah. And what he ends with this little section of was the longer they have lived without it. And I'm going to put in their grace. Mm -hmm. uh, The sure they are that at their age of life, stage stage of life, they do not really need it. So th- that's th- so bizarre to me. Why is it bizarre? You don't, you don't need it. If you don't got it. You're not good. <laughs> if it hasn't been given to you, shoot, you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. And I can tell you from my own life, definitely need grace. Definitely. Yeah, I can point to points of grace. <laughs> yeah. Many times over. Uh, and I'm sure I'm not going to say anything, but I, I, I can take a few ideas off the top of my head for you of that as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. No, absolutely. <laughs> I, thought I, oh, no. I thought I just lost my page, but no, okay. I didn't. I'd still have another hand holding the book, so it's okay. Okay. Gosh, my my brain isn't really in the highest running state, you know. So this is different than normal how? Uh, just seems, not that it's necessarily different. It just seems even more slower than normal. So this is different than normal how? It's, it's decreasing. <laughs> We're only going one uh, one direction. <laughs> we need We need to get you on... Uh, Lindell's mental supplements so you can be as sharp as Lindell. You know what? I mean, if it makes me an owner of a company that's successful, is it still successful? I mean, it's got to be somewhat. I don't know. He's still doing stuff. He's creating new stuff, you know? I don't know. He's just going out of business. He's on a desperate find. (laughs) I don't know. Regardless, this is not the <laughs> Mike Lindell fan club channel. Heck, yeah, it is. Now it is not. 
All right. Well, this was our last episode of Using Words. <laughs> we are done now. Uh, oh. <laughs> all right. Continuing on to the book. That little tangent. My there. brain is dead. <laughs> Your brain is dead? Uh-oh. Yeah. We're going to have some fun then today. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so I guess today is the day that we play edible or not. It would be perfect, actually. <laughs> Watch out. I wouldn't act any different no matter what it is. Oh. No, 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 no. I, I don't mean like edible, like oh. <laughs> drug edible. It's the difference between our generations, <laughs> even though we're not that far off. <laughs> I know what edible means. <laughs> But I didn't think you would immediately jump to that. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's a musician thing, you know? It's, yeah. It's very common in the, the music community. I don't partake in them. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> I need some grace, okay? Shoot. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, talking about grace again, back here, now that Aaron has... <laughs> really taking us off track. I'm so sorry. Oh no. Anywho, anything else from this little section about grace, or do you want to go on to this no grasp of grace section? Oh yeah, no, do go into the no grasp of grace. Okay, section. All right. So in this section, uh, Packer is going into the th- the four pieces that he says are the reason that hinders those uh, those of us who profess to believe in grace. From really believing in grace you know because basically you know in these previous few chapters he's saying you know hey we talk about grace all the time in the church but how many of the people actually believe in grace blah 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 that's what he says he goes well here's the four reason why in we do not acknowledge or feel grace in one's heart and he says clear faith in god's grace becomes impossible if we don't feel or believe this so the first one and the first one, it took me a second to read it and reread it and make sure I reread it properly. And I'm sure Aaron thought of it, read it, and thought of a cupcake. Dessert. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the first one is the moral ill desert of man. And I was like, interesting. The moral ill desert of man. Because it's not desert. Desert would be two S's. Two. And it was at this point that I realized that I got the two mixed up. The book said desert, not dessert. Because apparently both me and Aaron failed English. So when you hear dessert, replace it with the word desert. This is future Paul feeling very ashamed of himself. So I was like, huh. How many times? So, what is there anything that popped out for you in this section here about the moral ill desert of man? Uh, there's um, a little bit just before the second, um, I guess, one where it's talking about, you know, they're still, you know, despite all the stuff they partake in, still like in their heart, like they're. They're good folks. And so I guess, I mean, 
yeah, I guess I'll just uh, read the little snippet. It says, for modern men and women are convinced that despite all of their little, oh gosh, I can't even say that word, peccadillos. 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 Yeah, I, I, yeah. Uh, drinking, gambling, reckless driving, sexual laxity, black and white lies. Which why do you why do you gotta point it out? They're all the same. Lies a lie, dang it. <laughs> um, sharp practice and I don't know what sharp practice and trading is per se. Um, so I don't know what that's all about. Yeah, I'm not sure either. That um, one was a weird one. A dirty reading. And what have you? They are at heart thoroughly good folks, and it just made me think of the thing of you know, like you know what you feel, what you feel your heart with. I mean, well, I guess what you feel your mind with, and I guess your heart—that's kind of who you are, or what you like. I guess become in a sense, right? But then that's where also the whole thing, you know, from. The heart, you know. Uh, so I just, I have a hard time thinking of, you know, despite getting into all of that stuff, it's like, oh, but you know, you're still a good person. It's like, no. If you feel yourself with crap, you're going to end up probably becoming it. So that yeah. was, that was, mm, that was just one thing that really, I guess, stuck out to me in this little section, though. Yeah, and, and really that summarized what the first sentence of that paragraph, which is they tend to dismiss a bad conscious in themselves mm. as in others as an unhealthy psychological freak, a sign of disease and mental aberration rather than an index of moral reality. That's a complex way of saying I hate that. All, all, <laughs> that, all that you just yeah. said. Essentially, people who are, put in layman's term, people who are going out reading the smutty novels, looking at mm. pornography, uh, people who are, now, of course, I'm going to uh, dissent a little bit with his opinion here because notice what the first one is that he puts in there. Drinking. Drinking. He goes, yeah, any drink. Well, you you have to be specific. Yeah, but there are a lot of, how do I put it, churches in that, that they say any alcohol is bad. Yeah. Um. And that that could get comes down to a whole other argument. Um, I was actually just listening to something this morning by Mike Winger about it, and mm. he actually is like, "Hey, you know what?" So what he does is every week he does a, a not like an online stream. So he's a pastor, mm-hmm. and he does like twenty questions and answers. So twenty twenty questions from people, and then he gives answers to them as best he can in an online stream. It takes a while for him to do all twenty. Oh, I'm sure. But this last week. This one he just did this week. He actually started out. He's like, before we get into the questions and answers, he's like, I actually want to apologize for a verse that he's like, I really butchered the meaning of. Oh. And then he kind of went into it a little bit. And um, I don't have the verse off the top of my head what it is, but essentially um, it talks about how in the church, you know, you're, you're in, depending on the version you read, and really it's KJV is one way and everywhere else is a whole other is another way. So in the KJV, it's like, don't give an appearance of evil. So an appearance of evil could be like, if you're drinking or whatever, but all the other ones are like, don't do evil. Mm. So 
so he used to say, you know, in his own thing, and in, and he said, you know, drinking whatever. Let, let's pick that one for example, right? Because that was one he specifically addressed. He's like, you know what? He's like, drinking is fine, but in moderation, blah blah blah. But he's like, but based on, and this is old Mike. He's like, based on this verse, you might not, you might want to refrain from it because it might give the appearance of evil, because no one knows what you're really doing or. Is this your first drink or your fifth drink? We don't know, mm. right? Okay. Yeah. Um, and then today, listen to the thing today. He's like, you know what? He's like, that's a bad interpretation of that. He's like, I'm gonna. He's like, I'm gonna leave him up, but realize after studying this and studying the original language, the original Greek, he's like, it's complete. That that's wrong. Huh. Interesting. So that it made me think of that as well with that. But yeah, he. This is uh, this is just me reading Packer. This isn't me not knowing Packer personally, mm -hmm. but he seems very, very rigid on his rules. Yeah, I wouldn't know either. <laughs> Th that's just me yeah. looking from the outside looking in based on what he's written. But that's just me. Could be. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so... There's that the moral ill deserted man. Mm. Was there anything else in there that no? Was there anything Not else in the next two, three points that stuck out to you then? So there's three more points. I mean, yeah. I mean the first I guess that first little paragraph, I was just like, mm. Mm. The first little paragraph what? Of the of the second point, the red retributive ret retributive justice of god oh it's so cute mm. it's like a little kindergartner trying to read it's it's it's, it's tough today <laughs> it was a long night last night um my gosh i well, mean, you should have been on the ground floor then not on the balcony to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe other people will get that later on. <laughs> probably not. No, yeah, probably not. <laughs> Maybe a few. But. What if we? What if we do a song review of one of them? <gasps> but we don't have any of our own originals, so we can't do it. Going on. <laughs> So there was, I mean, it's literally that whole paragraph, I suppose. And I just had one little segment underlined. Um, so, but, all right. So the, I'll read the sentence leading up to it. The accepted, accepted maxim seems to be that as long as evil can be ignored, it should be, it should be one punished. One should punish only as a last resort. But this whole idea of you just kind of let it go, let evil and like, I don't know, I guess just bad, bad actions, whatever, just be kind of dismissed is it's, it was crazy to me to hear him writing about that here in this book, whenever this thing was written, which I already forgot when this was written, granted it's been updated what a couple times maybe yeah but the but updates are not really like no adding ton into it it's more like maybe no. some grammar correction in that and 
any new works are like new words yeah. are noted. And I think we've only come across that once so far. Yeah. Uh, it's just, yeah, it was wild to read that from here and then look at the world we have today where, I mean, people can almost just get away with a lot of stuff and just not even get a slap of the hand. Hence how we have the rise of Karens and all that stuff. We have the rise of Russia, Ukraine stuff. Uh, so much crap. Um, <laughs> the Bidens. Uh, Unless you, you can get away from it as long as you're not in a small town. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So bad. But, yeah, it's it, it's just crazy to me to think of how how all this stuff is still the same today. I mean, probably just getting worse compared to what it was back then. Um, well, I, I think even this line that is even more so today than it was probably the back then mm -hmm. willingness to tolerate and indulge evil up to the limit is seen as a virtue Yeah. while living by fixed principles of right and wrong is censored by some as doubtfully moral. Yep. Um, we have that with, everything from abortion to should children undergo surgeries that will alter them forever mm. to change parts about them permanently hormones yeah everything well it's just the fact of also like the whole thing about oh i guess really just taking away the innocence of kids at such a young age and teaching them all the stuff they don't need to know about right now. And they'll learn later. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they will. Yeah. You know, peep kids through all the years took a while to learn these things. And guess what? They turned out fine. Yeah. As long as they get to learn about it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, you, you keep seeing all these videos of like, you know, I don't know if you see them or not, but like, what does Gen X think? It's like a guy like he, a little bit younger than you goes mm. to his Gen X dad and asks him a question. And his dad's always like gruff and yelling at him and everything. And then you have another guy, another Gen X, where he's like, he makes little comments about stuff that happens in Gen Z and everything. And he's like, oh, dear honey child. He's like, when I was your age, I was outside all day drinking water from a hose. I lived. <laughs> I'm sorry. You can't have your quadruple filtered distilled da 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 sparkling whatever it water comes so ridiculous yeah <laughs> and he's like i was out there drinking and now like you see news articles like why you shouldn't drink from a hose this like x number of dangerous reasons why yeah it's like there may be bacteria no really bacteria is like everywhere i know i was like do you do you do you understand why like older generations, why their immune systems are <laughs> so, probably, strong. <laughs> probably stro so strong and why they didn't have now. Okay. Things are going to happen allergy wise, there, but it's like, do you understand why there has been this crazy uptick in allergies? Cause you know what allergies are, right? It's just, stuff that doesn't agree with your body your body can't fight off isn't it basically it's not that your body can't fight it off it, it your it's body just... sees it as something that needs to be eradicated essentially okay so like okay. you know like you you know you breathe in pollen right mm -hmm. but your body's like oh it's pollen it's harmless it's nothing 
nothing's wrong with it. Me, I breathe in pollen. I breathe in pollen, and my body goes. We must eradicate it. It's a danger to our system. Kill it. <laughs> you know, and it's just all these allergic reactions to it. Now, obviously, there's more to it than that. I'm being very simplistic, but there, there. That's why there's studies now. That's like, oh, you know what? A kid that lives with a dog, like since they're born, has dramatically reduced allergies than a kid that didn't. That's wild. Why? Because the dog is dirty so and all and their immune system is getting exposed to all this at a young age. So it's not getting like oversensitive to everything. Yeah. It's crazy. Where you got all these things? I guess having a dog is a good thing to do. Yeah. Gosh dang it. <laughs> well, good thing I ain't having kids. Uh, you and your eight kids and your <laughs> ten dogs. Oh jeez. Oh, okay. Well <laughs> I'm gonna need a good job for that one. Yep. <laughs> King of Velcro. One step at a time. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else under the retributive justice? I liked, I, I did like the line where it says, God is not true to himself unless he punishes sin. Yep. <sighs> Which <laughs> sucks at the same time. Well, for us at least. <laughs> well, I think the next the next line mm-hmm. is also an important part of that, which yeah. is, and unless one knows and feels the truth of this fact, that wrongdoers have no natural hope of anything from God but retributive judgment. Again, the title of the of the segment here: yep. one can never share the biblical faith in divine grace. Again, it goes back to this concept of people go, oh, if I'm just so good, I will just get everything I need from God. La, 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 la. Uh And you know, I know people like that. I'm sure you know people like that. Potentially. Probably. I'm not even saying these are people like in the church. I'm saying these are people more like the outside the church. But yeah. Yeah. Or you see the mainstream media in that. Oh, if I do enough... If I put enough good out in the world, then I'll get enough good karma back. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's funny because that kind of goes into the next next point, too. Which is? The spiritual impotence of man. You got the word right. I am so proud Dude, of you. That one, that one, that's an easy one You get a say. gold star. Yes. <laughs> Future me, put a gold star here. I'm a winner. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the gold star's going to say. He is sick. <laughs> It's going to go right over your face. <laughs> I'm a minute. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> For this section, uh, the one thing, well, yeah, the one thing that I had underlined was the, the belief that we can repair our own relationship with God by putting God in a position where he cannot say no anymore. And I just laughed at that thought. I was like, what could we ever do? <laughs> well, that that kind of, has always been human nature. If you continue reading on, it says mm-hmm. ancient pagans th- thought to do this by manip- by multiplying mm-hmm. gifts and sacrifices. Modern pagans seek to do it by churchmanship and morality. Conceding that they are not perfect, they still have no doubt that respectably henceforth will guarantee God's acceptance of them in the end, whatever that they may have done in the past. In other words, what what he's saying is in the past and ancient times, let's say Greek. Greco-Roman times, let's say, for example. Um, you know, people would just heap gifts and gifts and gifts and gifts, oh. or they would repetitively pray the same thing in the hopes that whatever deity they were p- 
praying whatever to would hear and listen to them and hear and, them and you know and, and take that into okay thing and then what he's saying is in the modern church what we have is people who go i am just going to be so good it's i guess would would you just say it's more like the kind of like the legalistic i guess way of living i wouldn't say legalistic i say performative yeah the so reason, it's just ba- yeah, the, well, based yeah based on good works well yeah. no the reason i say performative and not legalistic yeah. a legalistic you know that person at least for the most time if they're legalistic they're at least going to follow their own rules as well you know whatever those rules are that they're being legalistic about or that's drinking smoking whatever okay performative right. is going to be that performative just, they're going to go to church they're going to be good around the people from the church they're going to do stuff like that yeah it's they're trying to outdo the bad sort of thing yep especially when they're in a a setting where others may see them Mm -hmm. which then i always like generally i guess i shouldn't say i always i but i normally do i always like the little like uh poemy stuff that they got (gasps) okay in in sections but so for like this one being not the labors of my hand can fulfill thy laws demands could my zeal no respite no could my tears forever flow all for all for sin could not atone Ooh. and then the last line <gasps> thou must save and thou alone yep mm. You know, and, and I, I underlined the, one of the last lines here. Uh, to mend our own relationship with God, regaining God's favor after having once lost, once lost it, is beyond the power of any one of us. And one must see and bow to this before one can share the biblical faith in God's grace. Which, I'm just going to make a, a side remark um, outside of that. I find it funny that he ends the phrase with that. And one must see and bow to this before one can share the biblical faith in God's grace because he's he's pretty strongly Calvinist and he goes, well, if God wants to save you, he's going to save you regardless. And he's going to give you his grace regardless. Oh, so you're just <laughs> so that going I, on the whole sharing thing. And that's why I just was like, I sometimes just like, I'm like, please be consistent <laughs> with the Calvinism. But that that's just me. But beyond that, uh, Well, I guess, but that would be, I mean, then you wouldn't even be doing what the Bible calls us to do anyways. Which is? As far as going out and, like, preaching the gospel to the lost, like seeking and saving the lost. Oh, yeah. So that's a whole other thing, and they always say, well, we do it because we're told to, and we have 100%. And I've heard someone go, well, I'm 100% effective when I preach. He goes, because... Those God will save are going to be saved, and those guys won't save won't be saved. So I'm 100% effective. I'm like, how does that make sense? It, it doesn't. But yeah, because in my mind, I'm reading that last sentence, and one must see and bow to this before one can share the biblical faith in God's grace. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's a complete contradiction to the Calvinistic view. Because Calvinism states, states that God will save whom he wants to save, regardless of what you want to do where you want to be saved or not. And so I'm like, those, state, those statements doesn't work with Calvinism, but 
What, just sharing biblical faith? No, no, no. The That last sentence there. One must right. see and bow to this before one can share. Yeah. He's not saying share the biblical faith like you're going out and preaching. Mm-hmm. He's saying share the biblical faith as in being a part of receiving grace. That's what he's saying. Mm. That that's so he's not saying share like you go out on the street corner and preach. He's saying share like you you receive your portion of it. That's mm. what he's saying. Oh yeah, I got you. So that's why I said, for me at least, those two are contradict. That's a contradictory statement with Calvinism. But take the Calvinism out of it, and I agree. Huh. That's just me. I am not a Calvinist at all, but not going to get into that whole Calvinism thing right now. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, definitely not worth getting hung up on. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. There's other things that are more important. Mm-hmm. And then the final point that he says on why people are like this and that, uh, the sovereign freedom of God, which I was like, wait, what? <laughs> uh, at first I was like, just reading the, that little point title, I was like, mm-hmm. I don't get what he's going on. Um, but what he really is is getting at with that is that in ancient times, people, worshipers of whatever deity, uh, believed that because they gave gifts to that deity, that that deity was then bound by that gift to do something for them. And he's saying, God isn't bound to do anything. He can do whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. So th- that that's that's what he's getting at with that point of the sovereign freedom of God. And I was like, oh, okay, now, mm-hmm. now I get it. But when I first read it, I was like, what? what? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Was there anything in here that stuck out to you? or <laughs> I just I had a little laugh when I was reading uh, a sentence in within this paragraph, but where it mentions that God is somehow obliged to love and help us. I was just like, tell me why. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah, because that's right in the middle of another of a, of a full sentence. Yeah, it's yeah, it's so uh, for the whole thing is modern paganism has at the back of its mind a similar feeling that God is somehow obliged to love and help us, little though we deserve it. Yep, and and that's going back to talking about how ancient paganism thought of these things and everything. But essentially, that's what's coming down to is the fact that, you know what, God, it doesn't, just because we do something doesn't mean that God has to do anything. He can do what he wants, uh-huh. however he wants. And then the the fun line to read would be, was in the start of the next paragraph where it says, we can only claim from him justice, and justice for us means certain condemnation. Yep, again talking about how we are born in the state in which we are born in and the nature of which we are born in. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Makes grace seem all that much more better in light of all that. Yeah, it kind of helps when you know about what you're supposed to get in the first place. Yep. Which leads right into the next seg- segment of this chapter, not earned or, or, deserved. or deserved. Talking about how grace is not earned or deserved in any which way 
is talking about quite a few things in here, but was there anything in this? Um, yeah, it's really the final segment, I guess you could say, of the chapter. Anything in here that stuck out at you? Oh, I mean, it, the picture of um, at the bottom sentence of the first paragraph of this section of it saying for it tells us how our judge has become our savior. Mm-hmm. Oh, how that's a, <laughs> I mean, that's comforting for sure. But it's also, it's pretty, I guess, kind of crazy. And again, that's going back to that whole concept that he talked about early in the chapter, how all of this was given to us through Christ. You know, Christ mm-hmm. paid the literally the cost for it all. So then I'm I'm trying to because I know it talk there's talk of how Jesus has been given the authority um to judge us, but then he is also the one that again, yeah, has made the way for us to be saved. So he is the he will be our judge. Okay. But I don't know. I don't remember how. Is that even? Is that in the next chapter? I thought that. Thought it talked about that somewhere in here. Oh, maybe it was just uh, next chapter. It might be. It was really weird because as I read this, I could have thought there was a section where I was like, "Wait, that's what third? That was like in chapter thirteen, but now I'm having yeah. a hard time finding that." And thirteen and fourteen really go hand in hand with they one do. another. They do. Yeah. So was there anything that you highlighted in this segment? No. Okay. So what I highlighted wasn't until point two of this segment, yeah, uh, which is grace as the motive of the plan of salvation. And he wrote, pardon is the heart of the gospel, but it is not the whole doctrine of grace. For the New Testament sets God's gifts of pardon in the context of a plan of salvation, which began with and he, and he goes with which began with election before the world was. It's a very Calvinistic way of thing, but yeah, um, and will be completed only when the church is perfect in glory. In other words, pardon is there. It's he says it's the heart of the gospel, salvation, and that right. But he goes, but it's not the whole doctrine of grace. And this this really he goes on and talks about you know kind of that more Calvinistic view of grace. Uh, so that's the only reason I highlighted it there. Cause I was like, eh, <laughs> cause then he goes on and says, so we believers may rejoice to know that our conversion was no accident, but an act of God, which had in its place in, in an internal plan to bless us with the free gift of salvation from sin. Again, this is going back to the whole Calvinistic idea that you have no choice in the matter. If God wants you to be saved, you're going to be saved. I'm trying to find where that is. Where's that? Again, I'm using a Kindle, so I can't tell you exactly. Yeah, page, I know. But it's under that point. It's right before the little poem, the tell of his wondrous faithfulness. Oh, is it really? Oh, I was just yeah. starting to look there. What the heck? I'm blind. Oh, never mind. I found it. <laughs> I, I, 
Mm. What? This is also me not really having much of an understanding of Cal. Well, yeah, not having an understanding of Calvinism. Yeah. But I mean, I guess isn't an accident. So what is what is what not an accident? Well, I'm just like, if anyone is ever saved, is it an accident that someone had been saved? No, it's not an accident per se. Right. Um, what he's getting at here is that Aaron, you're saved. That's because it was preordained. It was, you had no choice. Uh, that that's that's the part I have a little beef with, let's say, with Calvinism. Man, I'm glad I don't read with that mindset. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't see. I, I I guess I just I don't I didn't get. Yeah, that he, he's, it's, it's not it. it's not saying like, oops, you tripped and you became saved. It's not saying that. Oh no, no, yeah, I, get, I know, I know that. But he's like saying essentially, <clears throat> hey, rejoice to know that your conversion. That you're one of the elect, you're one of the special, you're one of the... Well, and that's, yeah, I I guess, yeah, that's reading from, I guess, in the lens of a Calvinist, which I guess, yeah, he is one, but... Yeah. Yeah. I know, and the reading, it's a blessing and a curse, not being able to tie these things together, because then you start reading things, and you're like, but reading it through that lens, okay. Mm. But, but that's just me. That's just me. Other than that, I got nothing else on chapter 13. <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> I just wrote oof at the bat at the end of it. Okay. What part of the end? <laughs> uh it was the just the last line or whatever of the of the chapter, do you claim to know the love and grace of God in your own life? Prove your claim then by going and praying likewise. I'm like, oh, oh. Why did, why did that make you go, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, it just depends on the season of life, I guess. Sometimes I'm not good at it. Gotcha. So it's just kind of like, <laughs> prove it. Like, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. But. Yeah. Next chapter? Sure. All right. So now chapter 14, or as I kept telling Aaron, 15. chapter 15, <laughs> uh, it's called God the Judge. Now, this one goes right along with grace. <sighs> Why are you going? <sighs> I'm not, I don't want to go to 15. Why? The wrath of God. <laughs> Never. I don't want to do that one now. <laughs> well, that one's coming up uh, next month. So uh, great. You know, at the rate we're going, maybe we'll get done with the book by the end of the year. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> so God, the Judge. Oh, Yay. man, this one was easy to read, but also at the same time, I was like, and it did it. Part of me was like. Oh, I can skip it because I know so much, but at the same time, it was good. Uh, so was there anything that stuck out to you, sir, in the intro segment before he gets to the characteristics of the judge? Well, so for kind of like when we were talking about how you somehow from your experience, there's been, or from what you've seen, there's 
always so much talking of like the judgment and stuff of God. Mm-hmm. Where for me, it's like maybe I'm just not paying attention. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I was more under the line of where he says in here is like, but speak to them of God as judge. And they frown and shake their heads. Their minds recoil from such an idea. They find it repellent and unworthy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, people, that's where I think of like, you know, people enjoy the warm fuzzies, the stuff that makes you feel good. So grace. Yay. But as soon as you get to the judge aspect of God, it's just like, Ooh, I want to, talk, I want to talk about that. Mm-mm. Sound like a sad, sad, depressed dog there. We're going, oh, oh. I think of Josh's dog. (laughs) Scout. Oh, Scout. Poor guy. Always looks like he's in existential dread. Yeah, exactly like that. (laughs) I need to go pay a visit to that dog. I think we need to go liberate the dog. Maybe that too. (laughs) Anyway, go on. But that's, I mean, that was, that was like, that was it for like the intro section of it. Okay. Yeah. And he talks a lot about what is a judge in here. And he gives, he references a lot of scriptural verses throughout it. Yes, he as, does. As well, uh, which <sighs> is not a bad thing to go through. But if we were to go through that entire list right now, well, this would be broken into two parts. One part being just the judge just, part. Just, oh, for sure. It, it's, it's quite long. That's, that's okay. I wish, yeah, I wish I'd just taken some time to really go through all of them actually because i totally didn't go through all of these yeah that's okay there's there's quite a few in there mm-hmm. but he gets uh to the first section of his chapter which he calls characteristics of the judge and characteristics of the judge is a nice way of saying what is a judge what does a judge mean what does it mean to be a judge at least in the terms of the Bible. We're not going to talk about the current in political system and what a judge is and judges and, and all that fun stuff. Okay. Mm. Now, some of it does go across. Uh, some of it, yeah, yeah. Some of it does. For example, the judge is a person with authority. Yep. Yep. That matches. And he, he does make a point here in, in there. He goes, in most modern states, eh, the most modern, that's. Yeah, I'll give it to him. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> maybe it was more true back then for him. Okay. Mm. The legislature and the judiciary, judiciary, I can speak. Dude, those are yeah, those are weird words. I hate them. Are divided so that judges do not does not make the laws he administers, but in the ancient world that was not so, and so does not, and it is not so with God. Words I can speak them. <laughs> he is both the lawgiver and the judge. So what he's saying is, you know. Back in the day, a judge would do both. He would both create the law and execute Enforce the law. Enforce it. But or, if, if we're if we're being honest here in modern day America, judges their their judgments become essentially a new law, in essence, because further judgments are then rendered by that law by that judgment. Yeah, yeah. But that's splitting hairs. Not going to go here and there right now. That's just how it is. Okay, cool. Um. He also says the judge is a person identified with what is good and right, um, which goes 
he writes this. I'm just going to read what he wrote here because I think yeah. it, it, it summarizes it way better than I can do it. <laughs> the modern idea that a judge should be cold and dispassionate has no place in the Bible. In other words, the current judges that only care about facts, they want the... Mm-hmm. It says the biblical judge is expected to love justice and fair play and to loathe an ill treatment of one person by another. The judge is a person of wisdom to discern truth. Yeah, I think we can all get behind that, right? Uh, in this sentence right here, when the Bible pictures God judging, it emphasizes his omniscience and wisdom as the searcher of hearts and the finder of facts. Mm. Now, that's something a modern judge cannot do at all. <laughs> Correct. And that's where, for me, I had the la- that next segment underlined where nothing can escape him. We may fool men, but we cannot fool God. He knows us and judges us as we really are. Yep. No Jeff Winger will get us out of any of those things. No Jeff Winger? Um, I'm sorry. You may not know that reference. I don't. <laughs> okay. I'm a young little kid. Who out there knows that reference? <laughs> <laughs> it's not that old that the series only went ended in 2016 oh yeah I still definitely don't know it so who out there knows what I mean by Jeff Winger can't even get you off of this one Jeff Winger it's another series you'll have to watch another one <laughs> yep I don't have time <laughs> And then the last thing, uh, the judge is a person of power to execute sentence. Oh, wait, did you have something else there that I skipped over that you wanted to oh, emphasize? Just, um, it was a section where it says, God will know his judgment is according to truth. And this is what, I guess, I don't know, it says factual truth as well as moral truth. Mm-hmm. I was just like, wait, what's the difference? And then he judges it, judges the secrets of men, not just their public facade. Yep. Oh, and that's, mm, that's the part of me that inside just like, yes. <laughs> Why are you going? Yes. Look, this is, I mean, there's just so much fake, like, well, the whole facade stuff where people just, you see one thing on the outside and you know, it's completely different on the inside. Mm-hmm. And for those that think they can get away with, Whatever it is that they're doing, saying, nope, sorry, bud. Yep. Hopefully you get that fixed before it's too late, but if not. Yeah, that comment of his about factual truth as well as moral truth. Yeah, I don't don't get that. So factual truth, we know what factual truth is, right? Yeah. Black is black, white is white, one plus one equals two. There's two genders. You know, obviously there's those rare exceptions where someone's born with you know, both or none or whatever, you know, in in the general sense. Yes. Okay. Outside of those random mutations, that's scientifically accurate. Okay. How could you trust the science on this one, man? (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Moral truth as well as moral truth. Moral truth is where you start getting into a little bit of gray water, area and i say gray water area because in modern america there is no such thing as true there's no such it's relative truth okay i hate that yeah whereas god says no morally 
this is right, this is wrong. This is right, this is wrong. And it's not moral truth as defined by humans. It's moral truth as defined by God. And God has said, you shall do these things. You shall not do these things. You know, and and what and ultimately comes down to all as well is, are you doing these things? And comes into the facade thing too. Are you doing these things to, and doing them correctly because you want to do them? You want to please God? Or are you doing them publicly so you get the, Good praise the attaboy. You know, we're going back to on the back. Going back to that that imagery that we have in the New Testament, that little story of, you know, you have the two people praying in the temple, and one's like, you know, praying you know, all of these grandiose prayers, saying, At least I'm not like the tax collector over here or whatever, this sinner over here, you know, saying all these things, but then that guy who is quote unquote the sinner in the corner is you know, beating his chest, essentially saying, God have mercy on me, a sinner. Yeah. Mm. Mm. You know what? And ultimately, God's going to be the judge of all that. So guess what? <laughs> me, no judgy. He get to do what he ever so pleases. Yep. Mm. So. But that was it for that for me. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. The next section is retribution. What does retribution mean, by the way? You know what? I don't even really know the actual definition. You don't know what retribution means? Not like the actual, not the actual, like, thing. It Would it, like, would it, would it give you a pause or concern that you read it, what the actual definition is, when you read this chapter? Wait, what? Because it's in the first paragraph. Wait, it is? Retribution. The rendering to persons what they have deserved. Wait, wait, hold up. Where? It's like near the end of the first paragraph. What? The sentence. Oh, I skipped the paragraph. Oh, yeah. Is that really? Yeah, okay. Yeah. I did read that. <laughs> wow, I didn't underline that, oddly enough. I was like, I wonder if Aaron knows what it means, A, and then if he remembers that he read what it means, B. <laughs> the answer to both is no. No. The obliviousness is grossing. I only know it when I read it, and then I forget about it. Okay. In one ear and out the other, Paul. <laughs> Wait until you're older. It won't even go in one ear. <laughs> you're like huh huh i wore earplugs last night so okay i was protecting my hearing at least trying to okay gosh i'm learning that with this old age this old age you're not even 30 yet <laughs> I know. we're just that's the thing with the newer generations we're, we're aging quicker oh you're not <laughs> retribution <laughs> I'm gonna get my retribution here <laughs> do it um, was there anything in retribution that stuck out to you yeah there was a couple little things that I had okay underline this uh, there will be Trouble and distress for every human being who does evil. 
but glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does good, for God does not show favoritism. Cool. The thing that... Oh, is that the... So for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. And then, I mean... Yeah, there's, oh, yeah, I forget how long this section is. If if it's not done here, it's done then hereafter. We're talking about, like, you know, we'll see people that we are, well, people that are sinful, well, and doing things that are terrible, but they had the great life. They have a nice, relaxing, easy life. They have things that they want. Where you'll see people that are, you know, following Christ, doing good, being good, and suffering kind of thing. It's like they may not pay while on earth, but they'll pay later on for it if they don't get right with God before that ending day. And then, oh, yeah, but in the same vein, those who aren't saved may suffer a lot on earth and they can suffer a lot correct after yes yep yes. I, I just want to make make sure that oh that that that's the thing i was uh, i mean it always seemed like it'd be a given like people that are doing dumb stuff here and doing wrong now yeah you're gonna get caught for it but not everybody does yeah some people get away with a lot i remember in college there's this whole concept going around and still around to this day now, mm-hmm. where th- this was kind of the start of the there is no hell movement, oh. you know, and they go, well, hell is just here on earth for these people. <laughs> so they're living in hell now, so therefore they can't live in hell afterwards because God wouldn't allow them to go to double hell. To <laughs> the double. Well, that's so funny. I'm like... Okay. I'm like, no, theologically, no, that's not the case. You know, how it's not saying that their time on earth is hell because, like, no. That's interesting. Yeah, I wonder how. Well, I, I'll hear like the comment that this is just like a, what would it be, like a purgatory or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, all right. <laughs> Good old Catholic doctrine. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> purgatory. Is that. Is that from where that comes from? Oh, that's part of it. Yeah, where, you know, Aaron, if you're a Catholic, you know, you were saved, but you did some bad things and you didn't do enough Hail Marys and all that. So you would go to purgatory until you paid your penance in purgatory or your family paid enough money to the church to get you out of purgatory. Yeah. That's where they get their monies. The indulgences. Yeah, we won't get into that. I, I, I don't know. Let me ask this real quick, since no. we're on, since I, we're on the topic anyway. Did they teach you that in um, in history class at all about like the Catholic Church and indulgences and all that? I, I'm trying to think of where where I've heard that if you pay enough money, someone can get can move on. I don't know if that was in the history class or if that was just at church okay when catholic stuff came up 
or Catholicism. Okay, I was just wondering, because I know we covered that in one of my history classes in high school. So I was just curious. I paid a lot of attention in history class. No, you didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> okay, I, I, I was just curious because... Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, maybe we'll have to educate you sometime. Okay, I, would, I would wonder, man, maybe I should ask my nephew and be like, hey... What do you learn in history class? <laughs> or have you even heard anything about this? Especially today. We, sh- we should edumacate you at some point. Edu- I, I, I like me a good edumacation. Okay. I could use one. <laughs> I actually thought about going back to school a little bit again. Yeah. Okay. It's really weird. But I was like, ah, do I take off of work? <laughs> We know someone who can help education. you. We know someone who can know. get you into into classes locally. Oh, easily, yeah. It'd probably be a good thing to get get back into before it's too late. <laughs> before I get stuck, or figure out what you want to do because maybe it's a career that just requires certifications. Right. Right. Because a lot of jobs nowadays, it's degree or ten years of experience. I'm almost at the 10-year part. (laughs) And then certifications, if there's certifications. But anywho. Yeah. (laughs) um, Now we got a, that was a wide tangent. (laughs) Yes, it was. Sorry. (laughs) Anyways. Catholicism. Anything else? Is there, I guess, because I feel like I'm also jumping over through stuff. I don't know if you have much. Do you, if you have a lot with because then the next thing I have is um this seg- section where it says, but the character of God is the guarantee that all wrongs will be righted someday. When the day of God's wrath, when his righteous judgment will be revealed. This is Romans two for chapter two, verse five. Arrives retribution. Oh, I'm sorry. I, ooh, I yeah. should have read that better. But arrives retribu- retribution will be exact, and no problems of cosmic unfairness will remain to haunt us. Haunt has said that weird. Haunt us. Yeah. God is the judge, so justice will be done. That's the point I had highlighted next. Yeah. That. Oof. Ugh. And it's all wrongs will be righted someday. And that's wrongs according to God, not according to us. Us, right. Which will probably have a lot more wrongs that we've done than we would. (laughs) Yeah, uh, because our list will be a lot less exhaustive (laughs) than his list. So. But that wasn't that bad, right? It was wrong. (laughs) Dang it. And there might be things that... You know, when we get to heaven, we might think unfair human-wise, but God says, nope, it's fair. You know, there, there's that age-old, uh, uh, well, I shouldn't say age-old, but it's it's old enough nowadays. You know, like the kind of uh, debate it, when you want to have a class debate. Mm. What if Hitler, moments before he died, repented? Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. Uh... And you're standing up there in heaven. Worshiping God, and next to you is good old Hitler. Right. 
Mm. How's that going to make one feel? More mm. from an earthly perspective, we'd go, "That's unfair." Oh, absolutely. But from God's perspective, he goes, "Well, it's un- it's unfair that any of you get here. get get in here, right?" I mean, I guess. Uh, yeah, being from Wisconsin, it's wild to think about. Hey, we could be up there with. <gasps> Potentially good old Jeffrey Dahmer, man. Hmm. Now, the the, the good thing. That's freaky. The good thing about that, okay, you know, regardless, think of that regardless. Yeah. Whoever it is, Mm -hmm. sin nature will be gone at that point at least. Yeah. Right. So. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's very true. There's none of that craziness going on. But from a human perspective, we would look at it and go, that's not fair. That's not right. And God's saying, it is right because it. Christ paid it. My son paid it mm-hmm. for you all. Doesn't matter who you are. It was paid. Which ah, oh, there's somewhere in here mm-hmm. where it oh, it talks oh, about oh, okay. It's it is near the end where about what you're building your foundation or what you build on the foundation for like what you do with your life. Right. Um, so I don't know. There's, I don't, I don't want to, I guess, jump too far with that. Okay. Then. Uh, especially if you have anything in the next section. Oh, Jesus, the father's agent. Yeah. Um, I had a question for you. Oh, great. What does the word prefiguration mean? I was what? Wait, prefiguration. Oh, wait, where is that one? It's the second paragraph. The clearest prefiguration Pre. of Jesus as judge is in Matthew. Yeah, the clearest prefiguration. Well, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to. Am, am I thinking of the word foreshadowing? Where it's like saying or giving you an idea of what he is before it actually happens. I don't know. Is that kind of what you're? That's what I'm going with. Okay, for I, now. it's kind of close. It's kind of close. Because the only could give it, well, the one thing I can get is the pre part. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. So uh, prefigure means be an early indication or version of something. Okay. So that's what I said. You're kind of close. I'm I'm, I'm trying to get in that direction. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, archaically, it can also be used as imagined beforehand. Uh, Latin okay. it means represent beforehand. It comes from the two words pray, which means before, and figurari, which means to form <laughs> fashion. Figurari. Uh, so the mm-hmm. clearest prefiguration, in our words, the clearest image of Jesus as a judge before he's actually a judge is in Matthew. Mm. Okay. I just want to know what uh, if, if you knew what that was or not. Yeah, that's about as close as my brain would get with it. <laughs> hey, you know what you did? You did fairly well, sir. Heck yeah! So I really had nothing else. Um, in uh, that up, section. In that section, to be honest, the next thing I have is under index of the heart. Okay. <laughs> so blow me away with your knowledge and things that you have highlighted and oh yeah 
I'll say what's already been said. <laughs> Which is? Uh, men will have to give account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. Oof. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. <laughs> Oof. Yep. I think I've probably said a lot of careless words in my time. And, oh, this is maybe the, the words show what you are inside. I guess maybe that's what I was thinking of more so when the previous chapter, it's like, you know, you can be involved in all these things, but overall, you're a good person. It's like, but from what's, what you feel yourself with inside is in your heart, and that's going to come out one way or another. Um, and then just the next little bit that's basically just saying the same thing for out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's convicting. <laughs> Anything else in this section? Is this still the same section? Oh, it is still the same section where it talks about. <gasps> If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work shall be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved only as one escaping through the flames. And that's just a direct quote of 1 Corinthians 3, 12 through 15. So it's, it's nothing back to Hecaros, he's just that's, quoting yeah, the Bible that's, directly. That's the Bible right there, yep. yeah. Okay. Oh. And see, where I... I, I okay, anything that's particular about that, I guess, for you, <laughs> other than just giving you the shivers? Ah. <laughs> <sighs> I don't remember the last time I've ever read or seen this verse before, or these verses. Oh, First Corinthians? Yeah. Because, man, that really, uh, it's just, I guess, quite, quite a wake-up call. I remember one of the first times I heard this verse, part of this. Oh, man, I was in youth group at the time. Oh, uh-huh. Um, so, okay, quick story. Yay. Uh, our, our youth group was very entertaining. Um, so one year for whatever reason, we did a prom alternative for youth group, a prom alternative. Okay. You know, so instead of the students going to prom, we all went into Just a, hung out. No, we went to a van and we went down to like Chicago to like a oh, fancy God. dinner. And then like, this was, this is how old this was. So Disney got into the realm of doing arcades for a little bit. I didn't know they They did that. They were like very unprofitable for them. Like when I'm saying arcades, like you built your own roller coaster. What? Like you designed your own roller coaster on a screen and then you got into like a little, like little capsule that moved and everything. And you got to ride your own little roller coaster. It was kind of cool though. (laughs) No, it was kind of cool. Like it it was kind of cool, but they lost money because of. Just didn't do well. Well, no, it, or, it did well, but lines were long and everything, you know, and they had uh, other things like, <laughs> it's like, 
eight of you controlling a mech to fight these aliens, but there's eight of you controlling one mech at the same time. You know, it's so like one drives and seven people shoot and all that, and it's like all 360 around you and everything. Okay. So we did stuff, we did stuff like that all the time, right? Yeah. Uh one of the years we, instead of doing like a winter camp, we went to this conference down in Chicago area. It's like, yeah. Okay. It, it was interesting. And the one of the first nights, the first, not one of the first nights, the first night we were there, they preached on this. And then they also did the uh, Bema seat, like a dramatization of the Bema seat. The Bema seat. The great white throne judgment. Oh, I've never heard the Bema seat yeah, before. It's, yeah, it's, that's what it's called. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> So, you know, even back in the group, like they use this and like that great white and, but they like did this big old dramatization of the great white throne judgment and all that, Wow, and, you know, as a stage play and everything. And so, yeah, even in youth group way back when, like, wow, la 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 la. <laughs> wow. That would be wild. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, was there anything else from there or no? Because not I, from that one. Okay. The next one is no need to flee. Okay, because I do have something highlighted in there. Oh, uh, which is the next paragraph actually? Oh, um, so which is this? Final judgment will also be according to our knowledge. And I read that at first, and I was like, "Huh, that's interesting." What does he mean by that? And then after I asked that question, I went. What does he mean by that? And I go, oh, wait, I know what he means by that. Uh-oh. <laughs> and then I read the next sentence. All people know something of God's will through general revelation. Do you know what general revelation is, sir? Heck no. Really? I don't think so. Okay, so general revelation, and, it, and you find this in the Bible as well, is that, I'm going to simplify it for you, okay? Yeah. It's the concept that someone who has never been preached to, never Christ has never been shared with them at all. They can still know about Christ through things like nature. It's that concept. That's general revelation. Oh. Okay. Now, now you know what it, mm. what it is. Mm-hmm. So you know, people go, "Well, how do the unreached tribes of wherever know? How could any of them be saved?" They can know through general revelation is what is what they're saying. Yeah. Okay. So, and then continues on. Even if they have not been instructed in the law of the gospel and are all guilty before God for falling short of the laws of the best they know. But ill desert is graded according to what that best was. Then you go see Romans 2, 12 and Luke 12, 47, 48. The principle of operating here is that where a man has not been given much, much will not be expected of him. I I don't know if I agree with that 100% because what he's saying is like a, a sliding scale at that point. I, I mm. You know, there's still the basic understanding of, you know, salvation. You have to be saved through Christ. You can't just be like, well, I know this little bit, so this, I did this. Oh, yay, I'm saved. Oh, yeah. That, okay, that's interesting. So that's... But that's that. that that's the only part that I was like, like eh... That's, but everything else there was pretty good. And then do you have anything else to end out the chapter? 
He knows our secrets. And on Judgment Day, the whole of our past life will be played back, as it were, before him and brought under review. <sighs> That's no bueno. Not looking forward to that rewind, huh? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Gosh, that's, I guess that's just all the more incentive to be like, as to, uh, well, as I highlighted near, well, underline that highlight, near the bottom is seek him now. Yeah. All right. Uh, Any final thoughts on chapters 13 and 14? Or as I kept referring to them, 14, 15? Yeah, I'm, I'm already not looking forward to 15 now. <laughs> the Wrath? Yeah. Well, we're going to read about the Wrath, right? Yeah. That's That's next. That's 15. But then chapter 16 is called... Goodness and Severity. Yep. <sighs> Goodness and Severity, which the, just... Oh. Then 17, the jealous God. Whoa. Yep. But then we, after that, we go into part three. Yep. If God be for us. Cool. So we're, we're, we're getting there slowly. It's, it's getting, it's getting better again. Well, it's, it's getting more uplifty. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron's never going to pick another book like this again. Heck no. <laughs> Just kidding. The next book is going to be. Dude, oh, the Bernstein place it, Bears, dude. Is it Bernstein or Bears? Bernstein Bears. Or is it Bearstein? I, 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 I guess I've always said a Bernstein because they're bears. But it could be the Bernstein Bears. It probably is the Bernstein Bears. Like you know, because there's that controversy. They're, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways, anything else on these two chapters or? No? Yeah. <sighs> They do go well together. As far I, I'm glad we ended ended that with well, I guess as but now yeah, we're going into the wrath of God, which is going to be a great way to start the next one. Um, Should we turn all the lighting to red? To heck yeah! <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not. <laughs> but I guess I I liked I like. Ending with the, well, at least talking about the judge aspect of things. Because <gasps> that is something I guess I don't think I hear much of. And it's a good reminder. Especially that passage in <gasps> Corinthians, 1 Corinthians. That and hearing about the, well, and reading about the how our life will be played back before us and before Christ. And it's just like, oh, this is what I've done with my time so far. Oh, no. Hopefully. I will do as I underlined in there. <gasps> Seek him more, more, well, now, and more, more, uh, I guess, what, what's what's the, uh, hastily? I don't know, is that, would that be a word to use? Sure. I don't know. I'm going to go with that one for now. Hastily means like quick. Like quick, yeah. With urgency and, oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think as a first song for your band, AJ and Friends, you should write a song based on that chapter. About the judge 
<laughs> God is judge? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that'd be a heavy song. Heck yeah. That's the first AJ and Friends song. <laughs> Do make something sick. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I enjoyed them. I, I enjoyed these chapters. It was, um, it was good to read about the grace of God along with the judge. God is judge. Try to convince me more. Your facial expressions are not the same. <laughs> you're like, oh, well, I'm glad to I'm read these chapters. I'm glad to read these chapters. <laughs> try to convince me more because right now you're not convincing me too well. Oh, it was good. It's, I'm just thinking of myself. That's all it is. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Any other final commentary, sir? Or no? No. All right. Well, thank you for joining us this week then. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about, oh. The wrath. Oh, oh wait, next yeah. week. I'm sorry. That's next month is about wrath. I'm yeah. an idiot. <laughs> next week, we'll be talking about one of two songs that we're going to be talking about this month. We'll see uh -huh. which one. Uh. Music. Fun times. And Aaron's looking a little confused now. For sounds like, wait, what do you mean two songs? <laughs> now I remember. You'll join us next week, and thanks for joining us again this week. Bye. <laughs>